0: It's good to see you guys. Thanks so much for being here. We're going to be wrapping up our De-Stressing Your Distress this morning, a series we've been in for a few weeks as we've been working our way through Matthew chapter 6. And today, we're going to come to the place where Jesus really camps out on the idea that every one of us have struggled with at some point or another. You might be struggling with it right now. Here it is, worry, All right. And you may be sitting there saying, "I was worried this would happen." Okay, <laughs> come to church. We're talking about worry. Yes, yeah, so you can't talk about worry without talking about kind of an inseparable, also another part of that, and that is anxiety, which is really, some would define anxiety as chronic worrying, and it is something that has run rampant in our country and especially on our college campuses, among our college students, something that used to not be a big deal. is a huge deal now for a lot of people. Um, Some of the best stats that I've seen that over 40 million Americans struggle with this that are kind of like have been diagnosed with it, And somewhere, another stat said that over 31% of Americans struggle with chronic worry and anxiety all the time. My suspicion is it's actually much higher than that, but not everybody's been diagnosed. And you probably live with a level of kind of a, just sort of a, what you would call normal amount of stress and anxiety, worry, maybe all the time. I certainly catch myself. It is something that I have, and my wife, Leslie, we have had lots of, Conversations, lots of prayers about this, because it is something that we constantly have to be aware of, that it is a fight. Now, this is, as we talk about this, it's really important to kind of point out that part of the reason we're talking about this, and I really believe part of the reason why Jesus brings it up and spends so much time on it, is it has such a destructive effect on our body, our minds, our psyche, our emotional state, our physical bodies, our spiritual state, I would say, just see if some of these um kind of symptoms haven't manifested themselves in your life okay from chronic worrying headaches stomach issues high blood pressure chest pains fatigue depression diabetes obesity skin condition sleep disorder after you watch that, you're probably like, wow, the Surgeon General should issue a warning, you know? <laughs> Don't worry. Like, this is as bad as, you know, nicotine or something that we would say, that will destroy you. That's going to deteriorate your body. It is true. And all throughout this chapter 6 of Matthew, Jesus has been giving warning after warning, right? Right? Not because he's trying to be a killjoy, but because he's trying to free us from the things that hold us back and that suppress and oppress us in this life. And he wants us to be free to live in his kingdom, not someday, not heaven, now, to begin to live with the reality, the spiritual reality that he came to bring so that we could live with him now I really believe it. This Sermon on the Mount, this Matthew 5, 6, 7, it, it's him pulling back the veil saying, God has made this available to you as my followers today, right now, and for us today, right now. And for us to ignore these things, it causes not only us to miss living in the kingdom, but it causes great stress, anxiety, pressure, worry to take over in our life. So we're going to begin with a command that Jesus gives us in verse 25. And when, when, the, when he first said this, I really believe people might have in the first century like today say, I'm not sure, Jesus, if this is even possible. Let's take a look. If you would, let's read the highlighted word together. Here's what Jesus says. Therefore, I tell you, do not, do not worry about your life, right? To which a lot of people would probably say, Jesus, is that even possible? I mean, it seems like you're putting too high a bar. He goes on to say, the rest of 25, he says, and he's talking about what we worry about. What will you eat? What will, uh, pardon me, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Now, the reason I highlighted will, not because that's my name, but because <laughs> it, it refers to the future, right? Right? Jesus gets right to the heart of the matter. What are the things that we actually worry about? What, um, um, most of what we worry about, isn't it true, it is what we would categorize as later. What we worry about is later. It is a hypothetical future event. It hasn't happened yet, but you might say, well, it's likely to happen. Well, okay, that's why I worry about it. It's, it's, it's a hypothetical future And I want you to think about what is that hypothetical future for you that you find yourself worrying, stressing, feeling some anxiousness over often. Maybe it's your job, your career, or the lack of job or career, or maybe that's shaky right now, or your finances, maybe it's your health. Maybe you're worried about your health or your spouse's health, you're worried about your kid's health, somebody that you love, maybe it's their health. Maybe, maybe it is, if you're a student, you know, you're worried about grades, probably not yet, give it about six to eight weeks, then you'll be worried about grades, right? Yeah, like it, it is, we're worried about our kids, we're worried about the future, we're worried about all these things, but all those things could be fit into a category of the future. It, it is yet to happen. It is what is a, what could happen hypothetically. What could happen? So Jesus goes on to say in verse 25, "Is not let's say it together? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes?" In other words, Jesus is asking, "Isn't your life? Isn't your life? Uh, isn't your life more than what you worry about? Your life is more important." Your your life here and now is more important and really demands your attention for you to be present and here right now and not constantly out there thinking, worrying, concerned what could happen hypothetically. In other words, Jesus is trying to bring us back to the reality of the idea that your life is lived now. That it's lived now, not at any other time. Not tomorrow. Not someday, but right here, right now. And it's so important. This is such a powerful spiritual principle to learn how to be present in the moment and to really give the people around you your presence. Now, think about those people in your life that God's put in your life that are wiser than you. They're further down the, the line. What I mean by that? They're older than you, all right? They, they've had more life experience than you. Maybe it's a parent, grandparent, aunt, uncle, a mentor, somebody that you respect, you look up to. If they knew all the things that you chronically worry about, what do you think they would say to you? What would they say to me? They would probably pull you aside and say, Honey, you don't need to worry about all that. It is a waste of your time. As a matter of fact, it actually will detract your life from you. It will subtract your life from you. You need to watch out. And what is so tragic is that this wise, brilliant conclusion about life is something that many of us will not come to, like really believe it until we get older, until we're getting towards the end of life. And we realize, oh my gosh, this would have been so helpful back there when I was raising toddlers. This would have been so helpful when I was raising adolescents. That would have been so helpful to my marriage when I was going through that rough time at work or whatever. That you learn how to stop living in the future and begin to live right here, right now. This is so important. Verse 26, Jesus goes on. He says, look at the, let's say it together, the birds of the air. Jesus now is going to give us an illustration. He goes, I want you to think about the birds. Okay, now, you may be saying, wow, Jesus, like, who's got the time, right? To sit and think about the birds. I mean, I'm busy, I'm a busy man, I'm a busy woman. I don't know if I have the time. But you need to see here, this is not a suggestion. Jesus is making a command. You need to look at the birds. Look at the birds of the air. Now, just for the sake of getting you to think about this for a second, if, if I were to ask you, does planet Earth have more humans or, or more birds, what would you say? Humans or birds? birds? More birds, you would be absolutely right. They outnumber us like 60 to one. There's over 400 billion, with a B, birds on planet Earth. Jesus couldn't have picked a better illustration. You go outside, you're gonna see birds, right? They're all over the place, right? And he he wanted us to zero in on a particular activity that they were doing and an activity that they're not doing. He goes on to say this. He says, they do not sow or reap, they don't plant seed, they don't harvest seed, or store up, uh, store away in barns. You don't ever see a barn behind their bird nest, right? Like, this is where I keep all my seed. No, birds don't do that. Humans do that. Birds don't do that. He says, yet your heavenly father, let's say this this verb together, your heavenly father feeds them. I want you to see this is present tense. He's feeding them right now. He was feeding them at the moment Jesus said this. He's still feeding them. In our backyard, we have a, bird feeder okay Um, and I didn't put it up there for the sermon um, but it's been up there for a while but it's kind of outside this window of where our kitchen is and everything and so it's kind of fun to watch the birds come up there and eat. Um, So I guess you could say God's kind of using me a little bit to feed the birds. But anyway, um, we have these cardinals that come in and they're pretty territorial. They don't like, you know, when they're on one of the four perches, they don't want anybody else coming and having seed while I'm having my seed, you know. And yesterday, I see these cardinals light, two of them, at the same time, like, wait, this never happens. And the one cardinal gets the seed, the nuts, and hands it off beak to beak to the other one and feeds it. And I'm going, this has got to be some kind of cardinal miracle. I have never, <laughs> see, I think if we had a cardinal here to testify, he'd say, yeah, that has never happen. We don't do that. We're, we don't we don't share very well. But anyway, but God, even through the other birds, he feeds the birds. You can see this all the time. They're, they're constantly being taken care of. And he, he says this, are you not much more, let's say it together, valuable than they? Birds, you are the crown of creation. You are the crowning glory of God, made in His image of the Almighty God. It is you and I, the human race, for whom Jesus came to earth, not birds. He came for us. And He's saying, listen, God takes care of birds like this. Think about how much He loves you. Here's Jesus' point. We have less reason to worry than creation, than the animal kingdom which doesn't worry at all. <laughs> Jesus' point. They don't worry. They do not worry at all. As a matter of fact, if I were to ask you, I know we're not like bird psychologists here, but if you were to guess, venture a guess, what percentage of birds do you think that struggle with chronic worry? The answer is and is 0%, right? 0% of birds have struggle with anxiety. They don't have to be medicated. They're like, they're good. They're, they're just... They're incredibly at peace, you know? And I'm not saying that birds can't suffer. They can. If you hit them with the car, you know, that's probably not gonna feel good. But the bird isn't gonna, like, move into an existential crisis and say, why? What does my, my life mean? And this is so horrible. And birds are just gonna die, right? They just, they don't, they hurt, but they, they, they don't worry. They're not concerned. They're not, it's not like you and I. And Jesus is saying, let me, let, let me get you in on a profound truth you can see even in the bird kingdom, okay? Jesus is arguing from logic, simple, beautiful logic. He's trying to help us to see there's a way in which this universe is put together. You need to respect it and understand it, how my heavenly Father has done it. And when you do, it will massively reduce the level of worry and anxiety that you live with. Now, here's what he says next. He says, can any of you by, let's say it together, by worrying add a single hour to your life? And of course, the implied answer is no. We already know that. He's asking really good questions that everybody in his crowd and this crowd today would already know the answer to. Yes, no, that doesn't add anything to our life. As a matter of fact, based on the research we saw just a minute ago, not only does it not add, it subtracts. It takes away your health. It takes away your psychological health, your, your emotional state. Your, it, it takes away your, your spiritual health, your physical health. Worry always subtracts. It always does the opposite of adding, right? And he goes on to say in verse 28, And why do you worry about clothes? Why do you worry about your appearance? This wasn't just a first century issue. Still to this day, the the garment industry is is huge. It's global. It's all over. Because people, we all think about what we're going to wear. We're thinking about the perception other people are going to have of us. You never get a second chance at a first impression, right? We want to look good. Jesus is saying, don't put too much stock in that. Don't let that become something you worry, you think about. And i got to add to my, what is my next piece I'm going to add to my wardrobe? People thought about that a lot in the first century. It was a big deal, and it really said to people kind of your status in society, how wealthy or important you were, your, your clothes would communicate that. And still to some degree today, that's kind of true sometimes. And he's saying, don't worry about that. Verse 28, he says, he gives us another illustration. See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. He says, Look at the wild vegetation all around you, even more plentiful than the birds, okay? It's everywhere. And, and what's interesting about the wild vegetation, they do even less than birds to provide for themselves. They don't do anything, they just kind of blow in the breeze, right? Now, we could argue that both plants, and birds plan for the future. Birds build nests for their young, right? Plants drop seeds for the next generation of flowers to, to grow up, but they don't worry. They plan for the future, but they don't worry about the future. And, and they don't, they don't marinate over it and let it drag them down, cause them to feel anxious all the time. Yet, this is what Jesus says, yet, like, yet, I tell you that not even Solomon, and, and, and this is the, not just the wealthiest man in the Bible, the son of David, king of Israel, still to this day in today's value of money would be a trillionaire with a T. We don't have any of those, right? Super, super wealthy, powerful, couldn't spend it all in a thousand lifetimes guy, right? He says, I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. What, this little flower? He says, yes, the intricacy, the beauty, the magnificent radiance of God in his creation. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire. I love how he ends this. Will he not much more clothe you, you of, let's say these last two words together, you of little faith. Now I love that Jesus circles back to the future tense. Will he, in the future, God's going ahead. Doesn't it just make sense? Isn't it just logical? We see God doing this for birds, for flowers, for the the grass of the field. Wouldn't it make sense that he would do this for you? You see what he's doing? He's doing a logical argument from the lesser to the greater. If this is true of the lesser how much more is it true for the greater? If God does this for flowers, grass, and birds, how much more does he love you and going to take care of you? How much more is he going to care for his children? In chapter 7, we haven't gotten there yet, he says, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly father know how to bless his kids? How much more is he going to take care of them? And I love this little word right here without getting too technical in the Greek. This is actually a single word, this little faith here. And as far as we know, Jesus made up this word on the spot. And it's a word, it's, it's like little faithers. Like you little faithers you, okay? You little faithers, it was, it was like a, um, a kind, compassionate, endearing term, but also was to kind of chide his disciples a little bit like, listen, the, part of the reason you're worried and anxious and have all this anxiety and stress is because you just don't trust God. You trust in everything else but God, right? You of little faith. You need to begin to learn to trust. And, and here's a great question before we go any further. We need to really camp out on. Do you trust that God is waiting for you tomorrow? I want you to think about that for a minute. That is such a powerful and important question. Do you really believe that? If you and I were to sit down over a cup of coffee and I said, hey, be just gut level honest with me. Don't give me the church answer, but like, really. Like, what is your behavior, your gut, your internal frenetic activity that you're like, all the anxiety that you feel? What is it telling you? Do you really trust God? what's happening tomorrow? I know we all wanna say yes, right? I even wanna say yes, but I can't say yes all the time. And the fact is, the reality is that many of us live with a no to this question often. And when we say no to this question, here's what we all inadvertently do, whether you realize you're doing it or not, doesn't matter how much Bible you know, how many Bible studies you've been to, doesn't matter how wise, how old or young, or doesn't matter, and none of that matters. When you say no to this question with your behavior, Right. What we are in effect doing is we are dragging tomorrow and all of its trouble into today. We are forecasting the trouble of tomorrow in today. And when we drag all that worry into today, our emotional state, our heart doesn't know the difference. It starts to react. It starts to get stressed out. It starts to get anxious. It starts to worry chronically because you weren't built to handle all that and all this at the same time. We're not given the grace and the strength to handle everything for the week in in Monday, right? Give us today our daily bread, Jesus taught us to pray. In the same chapter, verse 11, the Lord's Prayer, right? That is a daily thing. We're not given all of that strength until the day that it is needed. So herein lies the problem, right? You're not created to handle that much stress load, all of tomorrow's problems and all of today's problems, all the future stuff and all of today. When we try to do that, it deteriorates our health on every level, emotional, spiritual, physical, everything. It starts to deteriorate us. This is why Jesus was so adamant here. When we come to verse 31, we see him say it again. Let's read the highlighted words together. So, do not worry. Do not worry. It's eating you alive, some of you, and you don't even know where it's coming from. This is what's doing it. Saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Again, it's about the future. What shall we do? What's what's going to happen? All our worries are about the future right? Verse 32, he goes on to say, he goes, for the pagans, they run after all these things. And this word pagans here is simply a kind of a catch-all term for all of those who are trusting in something, someone other than God. It's someone who is trusting in themselves, in their wealth, in their performance, in something to rescue them, to take the edge off. Maybe it's alcohol or drugs or porn or something to help them just get through the day. It's sex, it's whatever. It's something to help them to cope with the stress and the pressure of life because it gets too much sometimes. And he says, the pagans, they run after all these things that you need to. And he's telling us, they diligently seek after these things. And all of us are seeking after these things. And worry is our default when we take God out of the equation, always. So any other thing that takes the place of God will end up being a chronic, worrying circumstance and you will see these things manifest in your life. And no amount of latest book, coolest podcast, greatest seminar is gonna take that away. God is the only solution to being able to cure the heart's sickness of worry and stress and anxiety, okay? Verse 32, he says, and your heavenly Father, your heavenly Father, let's say it together, he knows that you need them. This is so, 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 encor- so encouraging and important for us to get. And let me ask you this before we go any further. Do you believe that? Those of you who call yourself Christians, Do you really believe your Heavenly Father already knows what you're going to need in the future? And he doesn't just know about it. He is the great Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides what we need on the mountain of sacrifice, as he did for Abraham. He provides it when it's needed. Not the week before or the day before. He gives it when it's needed. This is so powerful. If you really believe that, this can be a game changer. You see, Jesus here is giving us truth claims that can eliminate worry. They really can't. It really can't. If we start to believe that, God's got me. He's, he's taking care of This is true. Not everything else you're getting fed by the world, right? This is true. Remind yourself of what is actually true. My father already knows what I need. He's there. He's waiting for me in the future. Jesus gives us a whole new approach to worry now. In verse 33, I love this, he says, but, let's say it together, but seek first, right? The pagans run after these things, there's another word for seeking, they are seeking after these things. He goes, but seek first, and the idea is here to seek, to desire, to look for, to run after before our all else. We all seek first something in our life, and whatever that thing is will determine whether we're living with chronic worry, or peace that is given only by God. What are we running after? He says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things, what things? All the things you're gonna need, all the things you worry about, all the things that are gonna be required of you in the future will be given to you as well. Right now, right here, today, in this present moment, the kingdom of God is at work all around you. The affected, effective will of God is playing out. Jesus says, my father is always at work and I am at work with him. Always. He's always working. The question is, are we gonna get in on him and his work? Like, participate with him. What do we need to, today to, to do to participate in the things of God, in the kingdom of God, the righteousness of God around us. When you're tempted to borrow from tomorrow, it's a good way to kind of remember, I like things that rhyme, all right? When you're tempted to borrow from tomorrow, stay in what God's doing today. You're tempted to borrow from tomorrow, stay in what God's doing today. Okay, Um, let me ask you this. You guys like raps? okay, I like a good rap, all right, so I don't have a good rap, but I do have a rap I'd like to share with you to kind of summarize what Jesus has been talking about, you think I'm joking, here it is right here, be like the birds of the air, they just don't care, birds don't get anxiety, they say I'm living the life in front of me, all right, when I'm trying to live in the future, a present becomes a torture, word, right, so, okay, I hope that was a little bit helpful, woke you up, you know. Some of you might be dozing off. Or at least uh, it was entertaining. Okay, so the next verse here, Jesus is going to give us a name for everything that we worry about, okay? Think about it for just a second. If you were gonna give one name that would categorize all the stuff that you and I worry about, that everybody worries about, what word would you come up with? He gives it to us in verse 34. Here's what he says. He says, therefore, do not worry about don't worry about tomorrow. Jesus says all that stuff that you worry about, paying your bills, about your kids, about your future, your grades, your your career, your marriage, all that, it's all tomorrow. It's all out there somewhere. Hypothetical future. He goes on to say, for, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You see, and I talked about this already, walking by faith with Jesus, being a disciple, a follower, a pupil, a learner is what that word means to, of Jesus, a disciple. It is a daily process. Give us today, Lord, our daily bread. And bread was simply a metaphor, just like the children of Israel as they were going across the, um, you know, the wilderness and God was providing manna daily for them and it, they got in trouble when they tried to stack it up uh, other than the day before the, the, the sabbath but they, they they he's like every day you, you're gonna we have this dependent relationship you're dependent upon me and i'm going to provide and it draws us together it, it gives us a closeness and an intimacy that i never want to lose with you and he still wants us to live like that every single day to ask for that and to look for it every day In other words, Jesus is warning us. He says, why are you trying to smuggle tomorrow's trouble into today's trouble? Don't do that. You can't handle it. It's too much for any human being to handle. We're not built for that, okay? In other words, your heavenly Father is with you today, and he'll be waiting for you tomorrow. That's right. Somebody's really listening out there. All right, so um, here's our next slide. Waiting for you and tomorrow. All right. Oh, did we lose that? Okay. Um, all right. Um, there, there we go. There it is. Thank you, Jesus. Another miracle of today. All right. <laughs> Heavenly Father is with you today and He will be waiting for you tomorrow. Let me ask you this what would happen if you really believe that? How would it change your internal, like, anxiety dial? would it change the way you feel the way you speak to people the kind of just normal normalcy of stress that you carry around with you every day at work at home all of that if you really really believe this for some of you it would say that would radically change my life like for the better like you start to vision cast of what your life might be like if you really trusted god with everything today and knew that he was going to be with you tomorrow it would radically change you as a human being it would give you so much more peace, so much more joy that you could really enjoy life in the moment. Jesus says, and that's what it looks like to live in my kingdom, and it is available. It is open to you. This is an act of our will. It is a choice we make. Are we gonna trust, or are we gonna worry? So, so, so here's the question. Will you choose trust, or are you gonna choose worry? It really comes down to that. We've got to choose. We have to be intentional about this choice. Because worry, when we choose worry, worry is like prayer in reverse. And Let me explain what I mean by that. When we worry, it simply makes our trouble bigger. It magnifies trouble. Prayer makes trouble smaller, and here's why. Worry focuses on the size of your trouble. Prayer focuses on the size of your God. And by comparison, trouble always shrinks when you look at how big God is. This is why the psalmist says, oh, come with me and let us magnify the Lord together. Let's make him as big as we possibly can because we can't even begin to be how big he really is. We can't even begin to think about how grand and beautiful and powerful, involved, how much he loves us, how much he wants to be invited into our life, but we've said, no, God, no, thank you. I got this without you. And we need to invite him in. Open up the floodgates of your heart and invite the Lord into those places where you have been tortured by worry and anxiety, maybe for years and years and years. So let me give you a couple of, I hope, or be helpful action steps for you today as you leave here. Like, how do we begin to put this into practice? Begin each day, this is something I have been trying to do for some time now, begin each day by declaring your trust in the Lord. Whatever you're about to face that day, it's maybe a meeting that's got you a little like, I don't know how that's gonna go, Lord, but I trust that you're gonna be there when I get there. I trust that you'll give me wisdom to deal with these kids, with my marriage, with my finances, with, with whatever, with my health problems or if somebody that you love is going through a health problems. God, you are sovereign over these things. You will give me what I need. You're gonna give them what they need. When we turn to you, you are our all-sufficient one. Begin your day by declaring that. It's a way of seeking first his kingdom right off the bat, at the beginning of the day. Maybe it's when you're getting ready in the bathroom, maybe put it on the mirror, put it on a note card, put a reminder on your phone. There's so many ways we can do this today, but remind yourself, God, I trust you with today. All that is lying in front of me, I trust you. When, when worry begins to raise its voice, because worry's gonna say this to you, you should worry about tomorrow right you need to say back God knows what I need and is waiting for me tomorrow I'm okay God already knows I want to encourage you maybe you've never done this before take this passage we looked at today Matthew chapter 6 verses 25 through 34 and maybe you need to read it out loud Just read it out loud and remind yourself of what is true. Remind yourself of what God has promised through his son Jesus. Like, this is truth. This is what the whole universe is built on. What Jesus is saying is the most brilliant, insightful words that have ever been spoken into the human condition. We have to get to that place of saying, we trust Jesus. Too many people, Christians, who will say, I I believe in Jesus, but if you ask them, do you believe what Jesus believed? Uh, I'm not sure about that. But Jesus says, this is what it means to be a follower. You believe what I'm telling you. This is truth. And we have to reprogram our brain. You may need to take that passage, uh, Matthew 6, uh, 25 through 34, and use it as a prayer guide for you. You know, maybe you, you, before you get out of work out of the car to go into work, you just you you go through that passage, you read it, you remind yourself, you calm your heart before you go into the house after the day of work, maybe you do it then but it's a time to recalibrate your heart and and trust God. I know you're gonna be with me, Lord. You're gonna give me what I need to handle this. I trust you. And when you're tempted to worry about tomorrow, look for a way to participate in what God is doing today. When you're worried about tomorrow, look around you and say, Lord, what does it look like for me to seek first your kingdom today? Maybe it is to pray for somebody you know that is going through something really hard, and maybe let them know, hey, I just want you to know I care about you, love you, I'm praying for you, um, let me know if I can help. Maybe it's sending a message, writing a little note, it's sending a text or an email, uh, it's, it's it's showing up for people, it's helping them, it's showing compassion, it's speaking the truth with grace and love, but but, but standing and in sharing truth when it needs to be shared. It's, it's learning to be um, malleable in the hand of the Holy Spirit. Like, where is God motivating me to be used by him today? Worry should trigger kingdom concern in you and I. When that, that flashing light on the dashboard of worry starts to happen, we go, okay, God, where do you want me to serve? Where do you want, right here and now, where do you want me to contribute towards what you're doing already? How can I seek first his kingdom and his righteousness today? This is such an important question to ask yourself that question. So one more time, to wrap up Jesus' whole, um, this end part of the sermon here, what has worry ever done for you? What has it ever done for you? Nothing, right? Therefore, do not worry. And here's the prayer. I'm asking you to pray with me today. Simply saying, Jesus, help me to stop worrying about tomorrow. You already know what I need and you're waiting for me tomorrow. Help me to practice and participate in what you are doing today. What is God doing in your life today that you can focus on that could give you greater peace and joy, love, fruit of the spirit begin to grow instead of worrying about tomorrow? If you would, Let's bow together in prayer right now and ask the Lord to speak to your heart right where you are all across this room. Right now, Lord, I pray for every person who is worried about a hypothetical future, something that could happen in the, in the future, in the near future. I pray right now, all across this room, would you be willing to say, okay, Lord. Just imagine in your mind that you're holding whatever that thing is maybe it's a person, it's a circumstance, it's money, it's a job. <clears throat> you're holding that thing in your hand and you're handing it to Jesus Jesus, I, I trust you with this. Would you just tell him that right now? Just silently, right where you sit, you can just say, Jesus, I'm trusting you with this person, with the circumstance, with this financial situation, with our home. With this job, with these children, with this struggle, with this health challenge that doesn't seem to go away, God, I trust you. I trust you with tomorrow. Right now, all across the room, with our heads bowed, eyes closed, if you're telling the Lord, I trust you with something, I'd love to pray for you. Would you just lift your hand all across the room? God bless you guys, all across the room hands going up in the balcony and the floor. God, I pray for every person who's saying, Lord, here it is. Here's the source of most of my worry. Not all of it, but some of it, a big chunk of it. I give it to you. I trust you with it. Give me what I need each day to handle it. Give me the strength and the grace I'm gonna need to handle it. I trust you. And when I start to worry, And I find myself starting to feel that anxiety climbing up. Let me take some time, get alone with you, and resurrender it. And remind myself of your love for me. Remind myself of what is true. Maybe even walk back through Matthew 6, 25 through 34. And commit it back to you, Lord. You may lower your hands. Father, for all those in the room right now, and it can hear my voice on the internet or wherever you're watching this today, they would honestly say, the thing I need is God himself. I've been trying to live my life without him for so long and I'm sick of it. I'm tired. I don't want to live like this anymore. Would you, right where you sit, would you be willing to say, I'm inviting Jesus into my life right now. Lord Jesus, please forgive my sin. Be the Lord and leader of my life from this moment forward. I trust in you, not in myself or in anything else. You, for the forgiveness of sins and to be the Lord of my life. If you're telling Jesus right now that you are trusting in him, would you just lift your hand all across this room? Anybody here, giving your life fully over to Jesus? I see you, sir, right over here. Ma'am, right there. Anybody else? God bless you. Right back over here. Thank you for opening up your heart to Jesus. Anybody in the balcony? God bless you, sir. I see you right there anybody else giving your heart over to Christ right now thank you Lord Jesus for soothing the worries and stresses and anxieties that this world incurs upon our hearts it is unavoidable it is the default setting of the human heart to worry but you have come to set the captives free help us to stop living in the prison cell of stress and worry begin to trust you look around at the beautiful creation you put around us that exemplifies and illustrates this over and over and over and over. Help us to never forget that you are a loving Heavenly Father, and you already know what we need, and you are already waiting for us in tomorrow. We pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. God bless you guys. Next week we're going to talk about hope, how to hang on to it when it's really difficult. Have a great week. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.